0: I thought I had one thing in my heart, I'd be getting it out right now and putting it under the blood of Jesus. I'm going into Luke, the 17th chapter, and I'm going to the 26th verse. This is the way the Scripture reads. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark and flood, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also as it was in the day of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Jesus was not talking about the day they were living in. The Son of Man had already been revealed. He was the Son of Man. He's talking about our day. We have moved into the day of the revealing of the Son of Man. That's the ministry of Jesus being revealed in us right now, walking on this earth. It's what the Lord's doing right now. We have entered into the days of the Son of Man. We've entered into them. The Lord's done spoke it two or three different times. I can't remember where I was. Spirit of the Lord come on me. I don't know if it's the, uh, at the house in prayer where there was somewhere else. The Spirit of the Lord took me over, but the Lord said that the, the days of the Son of Man had stepped into the earth. You remember where we were? No, it was just, I'm talking about just a few weeks ago. It was just recent. See, I taught last night for two hours on the baptism of the latter reign of the Holy Ghost. Right back here, taught for two hours. Things people ain't never heard. God's revealing himself. The ministry that Jesus had when he walked this earth is now being placed in individuals. And you're gonna see it. You're gonna see the very ministry of Jesus. But see, People ain't gonna know it, and they gonna go and live in their lives doing what they're doing, and they ain't gonna know that the Son of Man's even being revealed till judgment takes them. That's what it said, as it was in the days of Noah. Some of y'all have gotten so carnally minded and so caught up in the things of your life, you don't pray, you don't press, you don't seek God, you don't have a desire for the things of God, and judgment'll catch you. When your life becomes more important than your relationship with God, you become blinded to the working of the Spirit. You become blinded. And when Joel spoke, I took the Word of God and I broke it down last night, and I showed people that what Joel spoke the day of Pentecost had already happened. We think Joel 2.28 is speaking about the day of Pentecost. It ain't, because you go back to chapter 1 and chapter 2 and approved it by the Word of God last night. The day of Pentecost had already happened. Before Joel 2.28 was ever spoken, the day of Pentecost had already happened. Boy, y'all looking at me like I just stepped out of the twilight zone. Did I not break that word down and prove it last night? Sister Pat, was that word not proven last night? And when God spoke, you listen to what I'm telling you. When God spoke and said, I will pull out of my spirit on your sons and your daughters. He's talking about today. And He is not going to pour out on them a spirit or a gift of prophecy. They are going to speak by the spirit of prophecy. And some of you don't even know there's a difference between a gift of prophecy and a spirit of prophecy. A gift of prophecy don't make you a prophet. Spirit of prophecy is how the prophet spoke. He said, I'll pour out my spirit on your sons and your daughters and they shall, what? Prophesy. And I will show you signs in the heavens above, wonders in the earth beneath, blood and fire, and vapor of smoke. They ain't going to stand up here and say, yea, the Lord would say, yea, the Lord would say, you're the apple of my eye. They are going to speak world-shaking events. uh, They're going to prophesy signs in the heavens above, uh, wonders in the earth beneath, blood and fire, vapor of smoke. They're going to speak by the spirit of Moses uh, and by the spirit of Elijah. God's putting this thing in motion. Bringing in a fullness of the resurrected Christ. People are going to go on in religion and religious spirits, telling themselves they're all right, caught up in the affairs of their life. You go ahead. The Bible tells you, go ahead and stay and get caught up in the affairs of your life. He, and he said, "You'll bring forth no fruit under perfection. You won't bring forth any fruit under maturity." We done got ourselves to where we're so focused on the world. We stay more focused on the world and the things of the world. Than we do on the things of God, and I'm gonna tell you, it ain't pleasing. It ain't pleasing. You, you stop and think. God, God is beginning to pour out His Spirit. The people are going to speak by the authority of Moses. You know when men come against Moses, when them 250 men with Korah coming against Moses, Moses told the people, there was three of them. It was Korah, Dathan, and I think Abram. There was three of them. that really stood up. And you know what their gripe was? Well, God talks to us too. He don't just talk to Moses. He talks to us too. Yeah, but God didn't put you in the leadership. You better hear this voice today. I'm telling you, you better hear this voice today. Moses and Aaron fell on their face. And Moses looked at them. He said, everybody, get away from them. Get away from them. You better get up away from them. He said, if God does an ordinary thing, he said, God ain't spoke by me. He said, but if God does a new thing and opens the earth and swallows them up, and right after Moses spoke, the ground opened up underneath them. Those three men, their tents, their families, their cattle, everything that pertained to them, went down into the earth. And then God closed the earth up over them. This, this is the kind of spirit I'm talking about. You ain't seen. I'm talking about an army. I'm talking about an army. I'm talking about an army. I'm talking about the power of the two witnesses. See, y'all think the two witnesses is two men? No, it's two anointings. It's two anointings. I've told people for years, in 1988, God spoke to me and said the two witnesses, is not two men, it's two companies. He said it's two anointings. I said, God, give me the word for it. He said, Moses had the 70 elders, and Elijah had the sons of the prophets. You may have two leaderships, but you're going to have two companies. Your sons and your daughters are fixing to prophesy by the spirit of Moses. they fixing to prophesy by the spirit of Elijah. They're going to call fire down from heaven. They're going to shut up the heavens that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. They're going to smite the earth with plagues as often as they will. Are you hearing me? I'm telling you the spirit of the living God is now going to be poured out upon the earth. And your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. Better get ready. Go ahead and harden your heart. Go ahead and have the wrong spirit. Go ahead and buck this word. See where it'll get you. I've got a recording on my laptop right now where I spoke to you right after Bobby Adkins done what he done and I preached his funeral. Them people got so mad at me. And I stood right in this church and I told you they better get their spirit right. If they didn't, another grandson was fixing to commit suicide. And it wasn't three months so that young man blowed his brains out out there. All because they opened their mouth. You better leave this anointing alone. You better leave this anointing. You better leave it. You may not understand it. You better leave it alone. You better leave it alone. Because God will deal with you. God will deal with you. On my knees right up there on the first it might have been the first morning we went to prayer. God told me people's hearts that didn't get right, and they fought against this word. He said the curse of them, the balls fixing to come on. Check your scriptures with David and the ball. Check your scriptures about Abigail the Carmelite. How her husband got mad at David. Check your scriptures and see what happened to him when when his wife told him she wouldn't intervene with David because David was fixing to come destroy him. David was fixing to wipe him off the face of the earth, and his wife intervened. I went back and told him I said the man died and his heart turned to stone It wasn't ten days God smote him and killed him We're moving into something Your eyes have not seen Your ears have not heard Neither has it entered into the heart of man And we keep playing around with the call of God, playing around with what God's called us to do, backing away from it. Scared of what people gonna think. You think I care what people think of me? Go think again. Go think again. I'm afraid of Him. I ain't afraid of you. I ain't afraid of your mouth. I ain't afraid of your words. I ain't afraid of your backbiting, your undermining, your ridiculing. I I ain't afraid of you. Go ahead and say I'm off track. Go ahead and say I've lost my mind. Go ahead and say I'm preaching false doctrine. Go ahead and say it and see what God does to you. God put us on a track in this church in 2006. When he first spoke to me and told me, he "said we can live and walk in the power of the resurrected Christ." And I began to preach on the power of His resurrection. And y'all remember that? The Lord began to show me we can we can walk in the power of the resurrected Christ. And then the Lord spoke to me and asked me a question, Jason. I don't know if you was here then or not. When'd you come in? Oh seven, oh eight. So you wouldn't hear them, but some of y'all were y'all were sitting under this word, and the Lord asked me a question. He said, "You want to be as I was, or you want to be as I am?" I thought about it a few seconds, and I said, "Well, that's a no-brainer." I said, "Lord, I want to be as you are." First John four seventeen. It'll tell you that as He is. So are we in this world. We can put on the power of the resurrection. That's what Paul said. In Philippians 3.10, Paul said, I want to know Him. I want to know Him. in the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering being made conformable unto His death. No preacher ever been able to break that down and explain it. God gave me the revelation of it and I started explaining it. Started explaining it. God started bringing revelation in this church. And all I had to do was fight religious devil after religious devil after religious devil after religious devil. Well, ain't what I've been taught. I don't care what you've been taught. What's the Word say? Then in 2010, the Lord had me step out and declare a revelation of the Word on being born again. Y'all remember that? Oh, buddy, I called hell over that one. I didn't know every church taught when you got saved you was born again. Let me tell you something. If you don't line up with 1 John 3 and 9, which says, He that is born of God does not commit sin. Oh, Brother matter. I looked that up. That means you don't practice sin. I don't practice sin. But the very next part of that verse says, And cannot sin. Because the seed remaineth in you. Any of y'all reached the place you cannot sin? If you've reached a place you cannot sin, then you have been born again. You may have had an experience with God, but you ain't been born again until you reach that place you cannot sin. Do what? That's because there's got to be a change. And I preached. I wasn't planning on preaching this meeting. I had no desire to preach. We come in here to pray and seek the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, Wednesday and Thursday and Friday morning, the spirit of prayer hit in this place and God moved. And I exhorted some, but Friday night the Lord had me preach on being baptized into Christ. And questions got to going around. Were y'all still here in 2016? January the 2nd, 2016, right there on my knees. Saturday morning. God spoke to me and said there's a difference between being baptized in the Holy Ghost in tongues of fire and being baptized into His death. I said, there's a baptism to be baptized in his death that will kill the carnal man. And we did not get it with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Baptism of the Holy Ghost in tongues of fire is to do miracles. It's to cast out devils. It has nothing to do with killing your carnal man. And you know what people started going off and saying? And I even picked up on it when I preached it Friday night. Well, Brother Meadow's preaching to Holy Ghost. No, brother, Manor's teaching. There are different manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Y'all don't think there's different manifestations of the Holy Ghost? <laughs> First Corinthians, twelve chapter. I mean, how long are we going to stay babies? How long are we going to walk in immaturity and go through religious junk? I'm so tired of camp meetings and revivals and people going to a forum and doing the same thing and shouting and praising God, talking in tongues and weeping and crying, and some people even worse than when they came. Nothing changing. We've got to have a baptism that's going to change us. Don't tell me that when you got saved, you become a new creature in Christ Jesus. That all things old has passed away and all things has become new. Because you just snatched the Scripture out of context. Go back to 2 Corinthians 5.17 where that Scripture is and tie it in with all the Scriptures below it on reconciliation. When you're reconciled back to God... When God takes you back to the state where He created man, then you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. And not before. How I many of y'all been saved for a while? y'all got the Holy Ghost? Are all things old passed away? You still got some of the old nature? You still got some of the carnal man? You still got some of that sin nature? Well, then don't go around telling everybody I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Don't go telling them, Sister Gail, all things old have passed away. Because, like Brother Jason said, you put your hands on me, I'm going to hurt you. Don't sound like your old man's dead. But you get baptized into Christ and you're baptized into His death and your carnal man dies, then thoughts and nature won't be there. Won't be there. This is what God's trying to draw us into. And we'll go, it's like there's a line right there. I can see a line right there where that carpet is seen. And we'll go right there. Woo, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, man, what a move of God. And we won't cross that line into what God's wanting to take us into. Get right there and feel God drawing us, feel God dealing with us, and we shout our way backwards. But there is a baptism now that's being released. He's going to baptize us into His death, and then He's going to baptize our sons and our daughters. And they're gonna prophesy. They ain't gonna prophesy you the apple of God's eye. They probably got to prophesy how rotten, low down, no good and unclean you are. See, nobody likes to have to preach like this. But you mark my words, the spirit of prophecy that Joel spoke of is not the former reign of the Holy Ghost, it's the latter reign. It's the latter rain. Did he say that when he poured out his spirit? First thing he said, it'll come to pass afterwards, saith God. After what? After what? Go back and look. He talked about a restoring. What was he going to restore us to? What happened on the day of Pentecost? After that happens, then he's gonna pour out his spirit on all flesh. God did not pour his spirit out on all flesh on the day of Pentecost. He had a chosen group. 120. Every one of them 120 was chosen for ministry. Wasn't the one of them 120 lay members of the church. Church hadn't been formed yet. Hadn't been. Every one of them 120 was chosen for ministry. And he said, I'll pour out my Spirit upon all flesh and I'll pour it out on your sons and your daughters and they shall prophesy. When the Holy Ghost came on the day of Pentecost, did our sons and daughters prophesy? Well, did he? Did we see anybody with the Spirit of the prophets come out and start prophesying judgment, start prophesying fire in the heavens above, wonders in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke? You go back and check the things that Joel spoke. What's going to happen when he poured out his spirit? None of them happened on the day of Pentecost. You know why Joel wasn't talking about the day of Pentecost? He's talking about the baptism of the latter rain of the Holy Ghost. This fixing to come now. That's fixing to come now. If some of y'all ain't careful, you're going to miss it because you've let the devil mess with you. You've let a religious spirit. Mess with you, you've got colds, you won't create a prayer life, you won't get a relationship with God, and you're fixing to miss what God's predestined and foreordained you for, and God's gonna have to find somebody to take your place. Let me tell you, ain't nobody taking this fella's place. My suffering, my heartaches, my hardship, what I've been through may not mean nothing to you, but buddy, I've done some hurting. I've been persecuted, I've been lied on, I've been talked about, my name's been cast out as evil. I've been called everything but a good, clean, white man, Brother Andy. And I asked my wife one day, I said, why don't people just leave me alone? I said, I ain't done nothing to nobody. She said, it's the word God put in you to carry that word. She said, they don't like that word because it tears up flesh. Just tears flesh up. Any y'all want to trade places with me? Y'all know for what? Let me tell you something. If I didn't love people, I wouldn't preach like I preach. It's three months after I spoke to you. That young man blowed his brains out out there. And I told you, I said, you better tell them. They better leave this word alone. I mean, went out there and preached a man's funeral. And a lot of y'all was there. The Holy Ghost failed. People got delivered. God moved and restored people's lives and helped people. And then all I got was put down and criticized and run down. God help us all how long are we going to stay bound to religious spirits? And stay in a form trying to get God to move. After I preached on God showing us being born again, then He showed me. Oh, this just going to make some people fight and mad. But He showed me how Jesus died. Nobody can... we'll, we'll, We'll go all the way to... Second Corinthians 5.21, how that he knew no sin became sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus hung on that cross. Y'all will confess. All the sins of the world was put on him. Y'all will confess. The Father had to turn his back on him because he becomes sin. Y'all will confess. And then Jesus will cry out, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because the Father had to turn his face from him because he becomes sin. But y'all won't touch what happens after that. You won't touch what happens after that. You won't touch Isaiah 53 and 10 where he said, When thou hast made my soul an offering for sin. See, it wasn't the physical body that took on the sins. It was the soul. What does the word say about the soul that sinneth? It shall what? What? Did Jesus become sin for us? Did He take on our sins, Brother Danny? Did His soul take on our sins? Well, if His soul took on our sins and His soul uh, became sin for us, then there wasn't one place for His soul to go. And He didn't go to hell as a victor. He went to hell as a transgressor. Paid for mine and your sins, the horrors of hell. According to Psalms 118, I believe it is, compassed Him about death, compassed Him about the horrors of hell, surrounded Him, and He was tormented for two days and two nights, paying for our sins. And then on that uh, third day, when He had paid for all our sins, the Spirit of the living God entered into Him, I resurrected Him spiritually, and rebirthed Him. Because He was a living soul when he went there. But God rebirthed him into a quickening spirit. Read Acts 13. 29 to about 34. It'll tell you he was born again. See, people won't touch this. Oh, man, while Jesus' body was in the tomb, Jesus went to hell, preached a great revival, and souls come out of hell. When did you ever get a get-out-of-hell-free card? There ain't nothing in the Scriptures to validate somebody being delivered from hell. Jesus was the only one, and that's because He was innocent when He went there. He went for us. He was innocent when he went there, but because his soul had died, he had to be reborn a quickening spirit and resurrected and brought out. Read Romans eight and eleven. It shows you two resurrections. It shows you the resurrection of the spirit man, and the resurrection of the natural man. Somebody get it real quick. Romans eight and eleven. Woo! I love it when a plan comes together. yeah I feel the fire of God shut up in my bones this morning
1: Romans 8 and 11 but if the spirit verse 11 but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead from the dead
0: stop right there Jesus the man Jesus the body if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus the physical man from the dead,
1: Well in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead. He that raised
0: up what? The anointed one. Raised him from where? What's the word say? That's what the word says. Two resurrections. Resurrection of the natural man and the spiritual man. He's born again. Ain't nothing you can do with it. Oh, Brother Matter, that ain't what that means. Well, if he didn't mean what he said, why didn't he say what he meant? The
1: Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead, what? Uh, Shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwell in you. Uh Uh-huh. So that tells you right there, you've got a spirit of a resurrected
0: Christ that has conquered death, hell, and the grave. you got a spirit of a resurrected Christ. If it dwells in you, it's going to quicken your mortal bodies and make you alive. And we still keep struggling with this old carnal mind and this old carnal man. You know why? We won't apply ourselves. We won't apply ourselves. This is the entrance to Into the kingdom of God that the Lord said would be ministered to us. When Jesus hung on that cross, the earth shook. Did it not? The veil of the temple was rent in twain as a sign that the way into the holiest of holies had been made. And He, when He was resurrected, went into the heavens, walked into the temple in the heavens. And walked right into the Holy of Holies, behind the veil, because the veil had been rent, put His blood on the mercy seat, and obtained eternal salvation for us. And He was the forerunner. The holiest of holies is where the fullness of God is. Hebrews 4 or Hebrews 5, I can't remember, the last verse will tell you He was our forerunner. And He made the way by entering into the Holy of Holies. We have the same privilege we have the same privilege because He was our forerunner. And we can't even get up enough muster to come to prayer meeting on Wednesday night. I know y'all have seen the post. Somebody sent it to me again. I've probably seen it 40 times, but somebody sent it to me again the other day on Facebook. Oh, so you say you're going to go to jail for your Jesus and you can't even go to church. I'm not being funny. We're living in an evil day. We're living in a day when religious and seducing spirits have been turned loose in the earth. And people are being deceived left and right. I don't care how many of you get mad at me. But I'm going to tell you, if I'm going to follow somebody that's going to preach this holy gospel, they're going to live a clean life. They're going to walk upright before God. I ain't got no confidence on all these preachers married and divorced and remarriage. I know, well, I know life happens and I know sometimes it's out of people's control, but when you just continually put your wife away because your flesh ain't satisfied, don't you get my, you ain't getting in my pulpit and preach the gospel. Bible says you put your wife away, say, for the cause of fornication, you've committed adultery. You've committed adultery. I don't want no adulterer preaching to me. I'm not going to follow an adulterer. I'm not going to follow a fornicator. That plain enough? I'm not doing it. The Lord spoke to me here the other day about a spiritual Trojan horse. Told me preachers better guard their pulpits. There's preachers out here, they, some of them live good enough lives. But, it's what they do out of the pulpit. It's the people they are around. Let me tell you something. You're around adulterers and fornicators, you're going to pick up that spirit. You come into my church and preach, you lay hands on my people, that spirit's coming out of you into my people, and I don't want to have to battle spirits of fornication and adultery and devils of lust off my people after you've been there to have a so-called revival. And the Lord told me, he said, preachers now, they're spiritual Trojan horses. You want to do something for God? You better get your life clean. You better get your heart clean. You better get ready because there's a spirit being poured out. Spirit of Elijah is being poured out. Spirit of Moses is being poured out. Who stood on Mount Transfiguration with Jesus? He completed the fullness of God. Hear what I said? He completed that spirit. That's the spirit's going to be in the last day. Spirit of Moses, Spirit of Elijah, and the Spirit of the Christ. He is the prophet. He is the chief apostle. And God has tried to take this church from glory to glory and revelation in revelation. And all people have done is stuck their feet in the ground. It's all right, go ahead and stick your feet in the ground. God's starting to bring new people. I start to bring new people in that are hungry. People have been out there in the how did God not tell us the harlots and publicans would go into the kingdom of God before we did? Do y'all know what the kingdom is? Do y'all know there's a difference between heaven and the kingdom of heaven? I've preached it enough in this church. You ought to. Heaven's up there. Kingdom of heaven's in here. Heaven's up there. I'll go to heaven one day. But the authority and dominion of the resurrected Christ is the kingdom of heaven being revealed in here. Y'all go ahead and leave. Bye. I'm going to stay here and rule and reign with him a thousand years. Why, I've been chosen for it. I've been chosen for it. And in 2012, I started breaking down the revelations of the kingdom. And I'd have to come out here and walk on eggshells. Trying not to offend folks because of some of the doctrines y'all just would not turn loose of. Guess what? God's changed me. He told me to declare this kingdom no matter what. He told Brother Michael, you preach this kingdom because this is what's going to set people free. The Lord's in this anointing. It's going to step out there in them highways and hedges. It's going to get the prostitute. It's going to get the drug addict, the alcoholic, the whoremonger. It's going to clean them up. And because their lives have been set free by the love that they have for Jesus, that he set them free, they're going to serve him out of a loving, clean, pure, grateful heart. And they're going to be used of God before some of you. They are. And we are entering into the days of the revealing of the Son of Man. All my life, once I come to the Lord in 1972, and I started studying and fasting and praying, I was taught that I could put on Jesus. That I could be just like Jesus. Anybody else taught that? But, Sister Pat, there was a mistake in what they were preaching. Because they told me I could be like Jesus and there would be a people made like Jesus. They called it the manifested sons of God. That's the ministry of the Son of Man. The manifested sons of God is those that are partakers of the fullness of the resurrected Christ. I'm going to quote this scripture again. John 14 and 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And that's pretty close. It may not be I for I dotted and T for T crossed, but it's pretty close. Is it not? Did Jesus go to the Father? Did he not send back his Spirit? Now, I'm going to mess with you right here. The Holy Ghost that filled Elizabeth when Mary spoke to her. The Holy Ghost that Zachariah prophesied with. The Holy Ghost that John the Baptist was filled with from his mother's womb. Even the Holy Ghost, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost in power in Acts 10.38, is not the Holy Ghost that he sent back on the day of Pentecost. God, brother, matter. What are you talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, so I got you, huh? Somebody turn your Bibles to John seventh chapter. Say, Brother matter you going to catch it for this service. Bring it on. Bring it on. Let's get through it and let's get her done. It's time for a working of the Spirit of God. Y'all with me in John 7? Let's go to verse 37. What does it say, Brother Michael?
1: In the last days, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come after me. And drink. He that believeth on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which that they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. The Holy Ghost
0: was not yet what? Because Jesus was not yet what? Because once He was glorified, His Spirit became the Holy Ghost. And He couldn't send back His Spirit till after He had died and was glorified. Did He not say, It is necessary or expedient that I go away? For if I go not away, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, cannot come. What did He send back? His Spirit. The Spirit of the resurrected Christ. uh, The mixture of the resurrected Christ uh, with the humanity of man. wasn't just the resurrected Christ. wasn't just the fullness of God. It was mixed with the humanity of man. Walking out of that office on February the 16th, 2013. Walked out of that office door, put my key in the lock, turned it. The voice of the Lord spoke to me. said, the Holy Ghost I'm sending to my people is the full power of the resurrected Christ mixed with the humanity of man. I unlocked the door and walked back in the office and said, what does that mean? What does that mean? And then I saw, three or four days later, maybe a week later, I saw all stages of Jesus' life. Everything he went through. There was a graft of DNA out beside him. Everything he went through, Brother Danny, every trial, every temptation, every demon he cast out, everything he done, every miracle he performed, I saw him and the Spirit of God that was in him start intertwining. Start intertwining like that DNA until Him and the Holy Ghost become one and He become the Christ. You can't separate. You can't separate it now because this this Jesus whom you have crucified, Acts 2.36, this Jesus whom you have crucified has become both Lord and Christ. He's the Christ. He's been made both Lord and Christ. He's now one with God. His flesh wasn't God. His flesh will never be God. But the fullness of God now lives in Him. The fullness of God now lives in Him. His flesh is still flesh. He has no sinful nature now, but His flesh is still flesh. Why is His flesh still flesh? Because when you go to prayer, He is that door. Does the Bible not tell us Jesus is the door? Does it not tell us in, uh, I believe it's 1 Timothy 2 and 5 that there is one God? And there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Because when you pray, God don't understand your thoughts. He don't understand your ways. He said, as high as the heavens are from the earth, that's how high my thoughts are than your thoughts and my ways are than your ways. So you don't go directly to God with your prayer. You go through that door. You go through that mediator. In other words, you walk in that sound room. And Jesus is that room. He's that door into that room. And you pray your prayers. And Jesus takes in prayers as a man. And he, by the Spirit of God, intercedes to the Heavenly Father for you in the language the Father can understand. It ain't a language you know, but it's a language He knows. And then when the Lord sends the answer, it comes right back through that man, Christ Jesus. And he brings it to you and breaks it down so you can understand it. Now, Father, don't get us, Father Spirit.
2: <laughs>
0: this shouldn't be nothing new to y'all, but now we're entering into the days of the revealing of the Son of Man. You're gonna see people walking the same authority Jesus walked on this earth. I'm talking about it's coming forth now. Last Friday, a week ago, I was at the house and I had to go do some errands. I was going to gas our car up so we'd be ready to go to Delajay. Because we get up at five o'clock in the morning, leave at seven, drive two hours to L&J. Don't y'all love y'all's pastor? Ain't very many people drive two hours to preach. To half a dozen or a dozen. So as I started to go out the door, the Lord spoke to me. He said, put a prayer cloth in your pocket. I walked over to the couch where me and my wife prayed. There's usually a stack of prayer cloths in the center of the couch, at least four, five, six, seven, because that's where we pray. There's prayer cloths there. Put one in my back pocket. Went and gassed the car up. The Lord dealt with me to go in a store. It's a big wholesale club like Sam's. Walked in the club. The Lord dropped a woman in my spirit. I walked in. She's usually a cashier working. I looked around for her, didn't see her, went to the restroom. And I said, well, I'm going to go check on something. Going down the aisle, i run right into her. Her daughter had had brain surgery. They found a big mass on the back of her brain, 29 years old. And I walked up to her, and the first thing I said, how's your daughter? She said, brother, met her. She had a setback last night. Said they had to, somehow she popped some sutures. They had to go back in. And I took that prayer cloth out of my back pocket. And I said, you know what that is? She just kind of looked at me. I said, that's a prayer cloth. I said, Paul had special miracles according to Acts 19, 11, and 12 by the handkerchiefs and the aprons come off his body. And I took that right in the middle of that crowded store at 2.30 on a Friday afternoon, put it in her hand, bowed my head, and prayed the prayer of faith for that girl. And it's like the Lord encapsulated this, and I was caught up in the Spirit. I didn't know who was around, didn't care who was around, wasn't worried who was around. Spirit of God hit her when. I opened my eyes and looked. She was standing there just a ball, and she grabbed me and hugged me and said, God sent you here just for me. But it was like Jesus done nothing except what he saw his father do. I was led by the Spirit every step of the way. There will be a divine miracle in that situation. I believe it. I believe it. I live my life now in prayer. The Lord told me when we left here, He said, You sell your business, you get rid of every bit of means of support you've got, and He said, You give yourself to prayer and ministry of the Word, just like the apostles did. They said, We will not leave the Word of God and serve tables, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and ministry of the Word. And that's what me and my wife do. We give ourselves continually. Uh, 99% of our conversations are about the things of God, about what God's doing, what God's speaking, how God's moving. Somebody got to reach this generation. You ain't gonna do it living worldly. You ain't gonna do it living caught up in the world. Preachers get some mad at me. I'll post something say, "Boy, well, the voice of the Lord spoke to me, or God showed me this, or God showed me that." They'll get some mad at me. They'll bite a ten penny nail in half and spit out BBs. But you know why they do? Because of my post on Facebook. Ain't about the SEC. It ain't about college football. It ain't about basketball. It ain't about baseball games. It ain't against, it ain't about how hard it is praying for their team to win. If you love the world and things of this world, the Bible said the love of the Father ain't in you. You want to watch a football game? Watch it. You want to do something in the world? Do it. But when you post it on Facebook and you're called to be a minister of the gospel, to me all you're doing is belittling your ministry. Oh, did I say that out loud? Boy, that'd be it, didn't it? I'm going to give myself continually to prayer and the ministry of the Does that make me better than anybody else? No. But I'm going to tell you something that makes me more prepared. Makes me more prepared to hear that voice. That voice can speak. Can you hear it? God can move. Do you have eyes to see it? Do you have ears to hear it? I brought some revelation in here today which should not be new to y'all, but does your heart understand it? It's time to be up and about the Father's business. Pat, that call's been on you for a long time. I'm telling you, get up and be about the Father's business. Get up and be about the Father's business. God is putting this thing. The Lord spoke to me the other morning, Brother Andy, and He said, I've spent a generation choosing people and bringing the body together that I'm going to use to govern this church in the last days. A generation that's 30 to 40 years God has spent putting people in place to be a part of these apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, helps, governments, diversities of tongues, everything he put in First Corinthians 12 and 28. He spent a generation bringing it together, choosing the right vessel, putting it in place, and he's drawing it. He told us two or three times, he said, I'm bringing my body together all over the world. But who's finding their place? Who's answering the call? The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. You ain't going to repent for disobeying God you call calling. You ain't going to do it. And y'all may think that I'm boasting, but if I died tomorrow, I have a legacy of thousands upon thousands upon thousands of souls being saved. People being healed and delivered and set free by the power of God because I stood and preached the Word. Some of them because I wouldn't turn loose of them in prayer. Like Sister Gail. Y'all don't know what me, and Sister Gail used to pray together. We prayed all night long together back in the early 70s. I mean 150, 200 young people in this old tabernacle over here praying round the clock, fasting, seeking God. And Sister Gail was one of them, and I was another one. And all the young people you know, I'm the only one. That plowed my way through and went ahead and possessed the ministry. Good young people loved God, but most of them got discouraged and give up. But I wouldn't turn loose, Sister Gail. Her mama dragged her to a meeting, selling drugs, high on drugs, living ungodly, living unclean. And I'd always go speak Sister Gail. Tell her I loved her and I was praying for her. Even wrote her a letter one time. Told her how, how much I loved her, and I was praying for her. Spirit of God would get on me, and she'd be sitting there messed up, and I'd walk by her and lay hands on the Spirit of God, just knock her crazy. Say, why would God do that? He wasn't letting her forget. He wasn't letting her forget. God ain't left you. You may not be where you need to be in your calling, in your relationship with God. But count this the first day to get back to God and get your life back in order. To possess your calling. Because if you stand before the Lord tomorrow and you have not fulfilled your calling, what are you going to tell the Lord? I mean, people get mad at me. I know what I've done with 46 years of my life. Has it been easy? No. I spent 22 years in evangelism and didn't have enough sense to take care of my family. Didn't have enough sense to take care of my personal needs and divide the ministry because I wasn't taught anything. Like to lost my family. Like to lost my kids because all I was taught brother Andy was burden. Go 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 go. If your wife bucks, you get rid of her. If your family bucks, you leave them behind. Am I telling y'all the truth? That is hogwash and nonsense. And it's caused a lot of hurt, wounded, bitter people that God's trying to pick them up. I spent 46 years in ministry serving God. I've got a legacy. I've got a legacy. If you stood before the Lord tomorrow, would you have a legacy? I mean, think about it. Just call on your life, Brother Andy, if you stood before the Lord tomorrow. What's your legacy? Ask yourself. I'm not trying to embarrass you, I'm trying to make you face reality. But Danny, you called. You're an evangelist. You called. You've been ministered to several times. When I got ministered to, I was an evangelist. Buddy, I hit the streets, on the street corners, in the hospitals, in the nursing homes. Anywhere I could preach. Anywhere I could. I I mean, if you was around me ten minutes, I was telling you about Jesus. When I was working, and I turned down many a good job. Some of y'all drive out the road where the high school is. There's an old bakery out there. That was the best job in this part of the country in 72, 73. I mean, you made good money. I mean, average money back then. It was probably $2 an hour if it was even that. You go out there and go to work, make $5, 6 $7 an hour, benefits, insurance. And I turned it down because I didn't want to be bound down if I got an opportunity to preach. I wasn't going to tell somebody I couldn't come preach, Brother Danny, because I had to work. It wasn't happening. I turned down job, turned down insurance, turned down health care. set my heart to seek God. And I preached the gospel anywhere I could. Done it for 46 years. And I'm not ashamed of one bit of it. My kids never had health care, but God took care of them. Y'all hear me? I didn't say I'll work 40 years, get my retirement, and then I'll go fulfill the call of God. My son back there works. But there'll come a day, because of the ministry and the anointing and what God's doing in this book of Acts move, the Lord will speak to him, he'll come off that job because the ministry will get too great. Is it time now? No. But it ain't far ahead. You start thinking about a move of God like the book of Acts. And see, our minds can't grasp that. You can't grasp going out here and preaching in a football field and 3,000 getting saved and being baptized in the Holy Ghost. Y'all can't imagine that. We can't imagine God packing out race car tracks and 100,000 people and you preaching the gospel to them. But I saw it back in the 70s. The Lord told me He going he gonna to pack out ball stadiums with 50 60 and 70,000 to preach the gospel. See, I grew up in meetings twenty and 25,000 people. And I'm not talking about no three-day meeting. I'm talking about revivals run six and seven and eight weeks. And you'd have twenty and twenty five thousand people every night. You'd have 10,000 people in a morning service and at three services a day, ten, ten thirty in the morning, two, two thirty in the afternoon. You'd have five, six thousand people at two thirty in the afternoon. At night you'd have ten you'd have twenty, twenty five thousand people. Two, three, four, five, and six weeks. Every night. I heard years ago, y'all ever heard of Amy Simple McPherson? Y'all ever heard of Amy McPherson? She preached in Denver in the 30s, and the move of God got so great, she shut down the plants all three shifts and brought Denver, Colorado to a standstill with a move of God. When the revival broke out in Wales in the 1890s, they had over a hundred thousand people saved and the jails were empty and the courts quit having court because there was nobody to prosecute. And a hundred thousand people got saved in five to six years in Wales. And that's just a drop in the bucket. What God's gonna do now. See, you gotta get a hold of that vision. You gotta get a hold of that vision. Paul said this. And I started out with this in Philippians 3 and 10. I want to know Him. In the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His suffering, being made conformable unto His death. What does that mean? How are you going to be made conformable unto Jesus' death? Man, don't just read the Scriptures. Search them. Ask God about them. You want me to tell you what that means? It means when this baptism comes in and you get the mind of Christ, you're going to understand all the hell and suffering he went through and what he fought in hell and what he was tormented and how he fought them demons in hell and how he was born again. You're going to be made conformable unto his death because you're going to understand everything he went through. And he said, if by any means... I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Or reach that place Jesus reached when he was resurrected. Because when Jesus was resurrected, he said, All power in heaven and earth. Now live right here. That's what Paul said. He said, I want to know him in that power. I want to know him in that power. And you know, nobody's ever preached on this earth in that power. Jesus didn't do it. He never done it. Nobody's ever done it. I keep telling y'all there's a ministry. That's why Jesus said, You're gonna do greater works than I done because I went to my Father. But I poured my spirit back on you and now I'm fixing to pour the fullness of my spirit back on you. You're gonna become just like me. You're gonna know what I went through, you're gonna know the hell, you're gonna know the suffering. You're going to understand the torments of hell. You're going to understand my mind. You're going to understand working on my spirit. And then you're going to come into the power of the resurrection. And when you minister in the power of the resurrection, you're going to minister as the manifested sons of God. And that's going to give you greater works than what he done. But in that 14th verse of that third chapter of Philippians, Paul said, I press." Toward the mark. Any of y'all ever said that? You ever quoted that Scripture? What's the mark? What's the mark you're pressing for? See, don't throw Scripture around if you don't know what it means. What's the mark you're pressing for? The mark you're pressing for is the knowing and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His. That's the mark you're pressing for. The 10th verse of Philippians 3 is what you're pressing for. That's why Paul said in verse 14. Now, forgetting the things that's behind me, pressing to what's before me, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God, the fullness of God in Christ Jesus. He said, that's what I want to attain. It's attainable to us. It wasn't for Paul. Paul saw it. Paul understood it. Paul wrote it back. It wasn't for him. This is for us. But have you lost your vision? Have you lost your vision? Have you lost your burden? Brother Michael told me that he can't get folks to even come to church on Wednesday night and pray. You all to be ashamed of yourself. I don't care who you are. You all to be ashamed of yourself. You ain't fighting for nothing. You ain't pressing for this kingdom. You ain't fighting for this mark. I'm going to tell you something. If you ain't going to fight, you know why my son's sitting here today saved? I fought for souls. I fought for other people's kids, Sister Gail. I fought for your kids. I fought for you. That's why my son sitting back there. That's why God, the Spirit of God fell on him in the beginning of this meeting. I didn't get a chance to hear what the Lord spoke through him. My two girls fixing to come in. Lord's done showed us two or three times. My two girls fixing to come in. That's why my brother's sitting here. That's why my sister's sitting here. My mama's sitting here. It's because I fought for other people's loved ones. Forsook my own.
1: Don't
0: talk to me and tell me I ain't forsaken things. And criticize me because you think that I ain't done what you thought I ought to do. Even now, if I let some of y'all follow me around, you, you wouldn't be able to keep up with me now much less 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Buddy, I didn't stop 16, 17, 18 hours a day praying, preaching. You preach 18, 21 days straight. Go home for five or six days, have moved the tent, set it back up, go another 17, 18, 21 days. Don't come talk to me and start trying to school me and tell me what I ought to be doing. I preached for 46 years, preached thousands of services, and wrestled all kind of demons. I say, Brother Matty, you think you know it all? No, I ain't scratched the surface. I know I ain't scratched the surface. I know the greatest is yet to come. When I got hit with that sugar attack on December the 8th, 2014, my wife was on the phone with a preacher praying for me. I just barely remembered. I was. My sugar was over 1,000. That's pretty bad. My E1C was over 14, but I didn't know that. I thought I had the flu. She was on the phone with a preacher, and he was praying for me. He said, i got to go pray. She said, what's the matter? He said, i see in a vision right now. There's a demon manifesting itself in your living room, and right in front of my fireplace, right there in the living room where we pray, a demon of death formed itself, tried to come take my life, and she fought it in prayer and drove it out. The devil didn't want me to finish God's work. He still don't want me to finish God's work. But you know something? Ain't nothing he can do about it. What's greater is He. But you got to get your vision back. You've Got to get your focus back. You got to get your heart set on your calling, and you got to fight for it. God will answer your prayers. Let me tell y'all something. Y'all think giving is just for financial blessings? Giving will cause God to move for your families. Go ahead and read Malachi 3. The Lord said, from the days of your fathers, you've gone away from my ordinances. Is that what He told them? And then He went from there right to giving. And said, well, a man robbed God. And they said, wherein have we robbed thee? He said, in off, you, you robbed me, and I'm putting the whole nation under a curse. And he said, you give, open the windows of heaven on you. I'll save you seed. Won't let you bear your young. Your young won't be lost. Went on down with a whole list of blessings for keeping God's Word and giving. And we won't give and do right before the Lord and then we we'll wonder why our, hell, our family's always in hell and upset and torment. Ouch. Did I say that out loud? Do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. You've got to walk up right before Him. You've got to keep His Word. That's all God wants is you to do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. Find the church God's placed you in. Get in there and fight for it. You ain't got no business coming in that door. If God's placed you here, won't know what God's going to do for you. You need to come through that door ready. Prayed up, prayed through. In the hands of God saying, well, God, what can I do to be used by you tonight to help somebody? Now, God, I'm going to go in there and sit down. Man, I've had them come in the church, sit down, kick their feet back, throw their arms over the chair and say, Move me, Preacher. Move yourself. I ain't going to waste my time with you. You ain't got no more burden for your own soul now. Don't ask me to fool with you. I ain't doing it. But we've got the attitude every time we come to church, God's supposed to do something for us. You come through them doors ready. Ready. Ready to be used. Ready to let that call come forth in you. But see, God. Started in this church in 2006, and we're what, 2018? Twelve years. God's tried to bring this church forward one phase at a time to where He's got us right now. There's an authority being revealed. There's a power being loosed. And whether y'all can grasp it or not, there's a Spirit being poured out on our sons and daughters. The Spirit of Elijah, the Spirit of Moses. They're going to prophesy like Elijah. They're going to prophesy like Moses. You're going to see signs in the heavens above, wonders in the earth beneath, blood, fire, vapor, smoke. They're going to shut the heavens up in the days of their prophecy. They're going to smite the earth with plagues as often as they will. They're going to tell the heavens, you can't reign unless I say so. I ain't talking about just a prophet. I'm talking about a company. Just like God, take this young man right here. That's your son. He said, on your sons and your daughters. Spirit of the Lord fell, what, Thursday night? Man, there was such a deliverance in here. And the vessel that was here went over and ministered to my daughter-in-law because my son wasn't here at that time. And had my grandson there, Logan. Just, what is he, 14, 15 months old? And looked at her by the Spirit of the Lord said, "You're schooling a prophet for this generation, guarding, training, teaching the Word. You're schooling a prophet." But see, in February 2014, me standing right here in this church. They was watching on live stream. I spoke to the Word of the Lord to her by the Spirit of God. I said, "You will conceive and bear a son, and he will be the sign of a Sons of God manifested, Sons of God ministry." She did not birth until May 2017. That was eight to nine months before she ever conceived. God said, you will conceive. Next time, y'all don't think this word's real? Go back and balance it out, the things God's done brought it to pass. Next time, you're going to question my word? whether well, I don't know if that's God or not. Just remember what God spoke to that little boy. Spoke him into the womb. Spoke him into existence. Remember what I told you about Sister Pat. How that I preached her brother-in-law's funeral and the, some of the members of the family got mad at me because I was having them come up and I was laying hands on them. God putting them on their knees at the funeral. I had a deliverance service. Was you there? had a deliverance service at the funeral. And you know the one person that thanked me? The man's brother. I think he's simply a God preacher. He come up to me after service, he said, Thank you. All the rest of the family will say Why would you not want your sons and daughters and your grandkids to get saved? One of them come up, I laid hands on him, God delivered him, and he told somebody after service, he said I was fixing to commit suicide just like my granddaddy, and God destroyed that yoke off of him and got mad at me. And I don't know how long it was after that. It wasn't very long because I don't think it was about six months between Brother Bobby dying and that young man blowing his brains out. But it was about three months in there. I looked at you right here in this church. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But I, st- I stood right here and told her. I said, you got a, you got a grandson. they got another grandson. If he commit suicide, they don't, if something don't change. I told you, go tell him." i got the recording of it right back there on my laptop. So next time y'all think my word ain't weighty and powerful, y'all think God don't talk to me, better be remembering. I walk with God and He walks with me. You lifting yourself up? No, sir, I'm giving you fact. You know, when I was growing up, they had a show come on television called Dragnet. Y'all remember that? That detective would walk up interview that them people. When a crime had happened, they'd have him little old pads. They'd roll them out and they'd have a the pencil. And they'd start asking people what happened. They'd start going down bunny trails and he'd stop looking at them and say, Just the facts, ma'am. So I'm just giving you the facts. God's revealed a lot in this church. But you know what he said to them that knoweth much? Much is required. God's going to hold you accountable for what you've heard. Y'all hear me? God's gonna hold you accountable. I didn't know how the service was gonna go today. We are live streaming this on our L.J. YouTube. Did you get it to work? We're, we're live streaming this out on our L.J. YouTube. Time I put a service online. Usually by the next day, I got over a hundred people viewing it, and it's growing because people tired of junk. They're tired of people making excuses why God ain't moving. They are. Brother Andy, preachers don't know what to do. People don't know what to do. They don't know what to believe anymore. So much junk out there and so much garbage and the gospel has been so watered down, people don't even know what to believe anymore. The Lord told me several months back, He said, everything out here that calls itself by a different name." than the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's only one doctrine of Christ. He said they named themselves something else. He said that's a division of the gospel of Christ. And he said there's so many divisions out there now, the pure doctrine of Christ has been watered down. He told us in in Third John, he said, a man come to your house, don't bring the doctrine of Christ, you better not let him in. He said, he that transgresses the doctrine of Christ, Abideth not with God. So if you transgress this doctrine, God don't abide with you. <coughs> and you better not let anybody in your house. I know people just love to get, these people go door to door and witness about their faith. I know they just love to get in a confrontation with them. Lord said, don't you let them into your house. Don't you bid them God's feet. You better start standing for the truth. I'm going to preach the truth wherever. I don't care if it's in the middle of Walmart, Cracker Barrel, at the gas station. I'm not ashamed of my God. I remember there's folks used to go here. lady called me up one day and said, Brother matter are you in town? I said, yes. She, I said, why? She said, I'm at gas station. i locked my keys in my car. I said, all right. I'll come down there and unlock it for you. And I'm down there about 15 minutes. I said I ain't seen you in church in the last two or three weeks. Oh my God, I've had the flu. I'm still sick. I said you sick right now? Yeah. 2:30 in the afternoon, we're out in the middle of the gas station. I said, raise your hands. Bam! <laughs> flu left her. Flu flu. <laughs> See, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. But I say people are praying spaghetti prayers. Any of y'all know that if you get spaghetti cooked and it's just right, you can throw it on the wall and it'll stick? People are pray- praying spaghetti prayers. They're throwing everything against the wall, to see what sticks on not trouble there ain't nothing sticking. Ain't nothing sticking. Y'all appreciate the Lord today. I'm going to say this. First, I want, did you tell me she had a eye problem what what is it with your eye? Uh-huh, you got a glass eye is the eyeball still in there, but you can't see out of it. Is your glass eye solid or is it transparent, or do you know it's solid? If the Lord healed that eye, would you be able to tell it? So, in other words, the nerve's dead, more or less. This one over here. I'm going to tell y'all this. I'm going to do this on my faith. And the reason I'm telling you that, God didn't tell me He'd do it. I'm just going to believe God to do it. That'd be all right. If I pray for it, for God to do it, that'd be okay. They told Paul, they said, the signs of an apostle does follow thee. Is that right? Yes. The signs of an apostle does follow thee. The Lord told me, I asked the Lord here about six months ago, I said, God, I've read that about Paul. I said, What are the signs of the apostles? He said, Speaking creative miracles. And Lord said, I've been working the signs of an apostle in you since the 80s. Lord spoke to me in 2015. He had chosen me to be an apostle. But I ain't got any business cards made that's got Apostle John Metter on it. I don't go around flaunting it. But I preach doctrine that preachers won't touch. But what I preach becomes sound doctrine. And what I was going to show you in on 1 Corinthians 12, you all know, read about the gifts of the Spirit, there's all different manifestations of the Holy Ghost. So don't tell me if I preach that there's a manifestation of the Holy Ghost that will baptize you into His death. Don't tell me I'm preaching to the Holy Ghost. It's just another manifestation of the Holy Ghost. Brother Andy, my call is an Apostle. I labored 17 years as an evangelist, and the Lord spoke to me and said, you've done the work of an evangelist. You've made full proof of your ministry. Five years later, He changed me to a pastor. I told the Lord, thanks a lot. I was happy being an evangelist. But some of y'all better be glad i become a pastor. And then after 15 years of pastor, the Lord chose me to be an apostle. I didn't choose me. See, this ministry's taken 43 years to grow in me. It ain't something just happened. It ain't something just happened. You don't speak a baby in somebody's womb. Just cause you anointed of God. That's got to be a special gift. I've told people, I, 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 I've tried to warn people, I said, Y'all need to quit going out here just getting prayer claws and praying over them, sending them to people. I said, You've got to have that ministry given to you. God gave me that ministry in 1993. I tied two bound around a lady's broke leg, and God healed it. And the Lord said, I'm giving the same ministry. with These prayer cloths I gave to Apostle Paul. Since that time, we've seen all manner of miracles. We've seen i many people around the world healed come off their deathbeds. I've sent these prayer cloths. There was a baby laid in the hospital in Atlanta for two or three months, dying. And the lady finally wrote me. Get me, send a prayer cloth. She took it to the daughter. She took it, uh, a lady. She's a tax commissioner of Jasper, Alabama. Gilmer County, I believe. Georgia. Georgia, I'm sorry. Jasper, Georgia. Is that Pickens or Gilmer? Pickens County, she's the tax commissioner. Her grandson laid in the hospital in Atlanta dying. They didn't know what was wrong with him. lady called me. I sent her a prayer cloth. She took that lady. That lady took to the hospital, gave it to her daughter. Wasn't well, just a few days, the doctor called and said, Mama, y'all better come in. The doctor said, He ain't going to make it. He going to die. She said, Did you put that prayer cloth on that baby? She said, Oh, my God, I forgot. Went in there and put the prayer cloth on the baby, and instantly, the baby's vital signs turned, and the baby started recovering. Instantly, when to put the prayer cloth on. You just don't do miracles because you're anointed. God's got to gift you with certain things. And the manifestation God puts in me to be an apostle, it ain't the manifestation He puts in you to be an evangelist. So there's different manifestations of the Holy Ghost.
1: Well, I can do what Brother Metter does.
0: Better leave it alone. Because I'm going to tell you something. I'm scared of this. Sometimes the Spirit of God get on me. I'm scared of it. Would you mind standing up? Okay, so it's this eye right here. And so what? the nerve has died. Is that what they said? And there's no medical way for it to come back alive not without well I know somebody can give you an eye transplant now y'all understand what I'm saying I didn't te- I-, I told y'all God didn't tell me he's going to do this I'm stepping out on my faith believing God but I'll tell you what Paul said I believe I've got the spirit of God Create, oh God, a miracle in this woman's eye. Bring a resurrection into this nerve and restore sight. By your... Thank Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I believe God. You believe Him? Don't doubt. You get to where you can, check it. I believe God. I've seen God take a man walking on crutches, been shot in the spine 13 years, couldn't walk. i seen God put his spine back together and walk out from under my tent. Twin City, Georgia in 1991. I know what God will do. Whoa. Y'all bring me something to drink. Whew. Man talking about virtue coming out of
2: you. I want some water right now.
0: Bring me something else.
2: Well,
0: let her. She can go back to the restroom and I believe God. I said, Brother Mett, are you crazy? Yeah, just leave me alone. Because I'm happy. But I'm telling you, this word has life to it. If you don't have a home church, God's dealing with you, your feet in this church that God used, you should get in here and fight, be a part of what God's doing. I'm sorry my sugar dropped. Ain't nothing I I can do about it. It's just aggravating. I stood there for just about a minute and I felt it. And I was trying to, you know, I fasted enough I can tell when that faint spirit comes on you. Randy, you know what I'm talking about. You can't always contain it every time. I'm glad Mama's chair was there. Yah I curse these blood clots never to return again. You prepare for this kingdom, O oh God, you let her my eyes behold. That's all she's asked for she goes home, Lord, is that let her eyes behold this kingdom and the glory and the reveal Kia na in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I'm feeling the spirit of God. Anybody else need prayer? Amen. I feel the, I feel the Almighty. I feel the Almighty in His divine nature. I feel Him. Thank you, Holy Jesus. Anybody at all?
1: Work its way out,
0: so you can feel it. comes back, so you can feel it sloshing around in
1: there. For I believe
0: God. For I believe God. Say this right now, by the stripes of Jesus.
1: I'm healed. I'm healed
0: now. Now. Oh, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Christopher, come here, son. I heard you talking the other day that you're not resting good at night and saying you have to get up a lot. And a lot of that has to do with stress. It really does. And I know you under a lot of stress at work and you're under a lot of stress, what God's working in your life. Just go ahead and raise your hands up to the Lord. Oh, in Jesus' name, right there. I command your mind to rest. I command your body to rest and your spirit to rest. In Jesus' name. It's done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We got light? We got light? Give me a hand. Here. Here, put it over this one. That way up. No, cover it up where no light can get in that one. Tell me what you see. Nothing, no light? Not yet. That's the way to look at it. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. yet.
1: And the Spirit
0: said, Let there be light. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You don't worry about it. You believe it. I believe it. It's going to come. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. Anybody else? I've got nerve damage.
1: Okay. The damage is in my nerves from my neck in my toes.
0: Okay. And it's going dead?
1: Yeah, on my neck. On my neck, my legs are dead. I get up in the morning and okay. it out the morning. Okay. It's in my toes my feet. I was up at 4 o'clock this morning and hurt my feet. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. miracles, Lord. Jesus, I believe, Lord. Jesus.
0: In Thy mercy, by
1: Thy
0: name, Jesus. Oh, Hallelujah! Thank you,
1: Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you,
0: Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord,
2: yes, Lord. I believe, Lord. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank
1: you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you,
2: Jesus. Yeah, Lord, I yeah. While in prayer this morning, the Lord started speaking to me out of Ezekiel. He said, prophesy, son of man, prophesy. And you look at those scriptures. He was, or what the Lord spoke in October last year, he said, I have set the spirit of the son of man loose in the earth. And he said, prophesy. And it's Ezekiel 37 and he started talking to say, can these dry bones live? And when Ezekiel prophesied, those bones came together, the body came together, and what the Lord is showing me is that the the ministries have to be set in place first before the body will come together. And so this is the day in which that scripture is being fulfilled, is that God has been saying I am bringing my body together all over the world. And so right now, the Spirit of God moved on me in prayer, and I began to prophesy For those ministries to come forth. For God to set the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the teachers. All those ministries that God has ordained for the church to come forth. I began to prophesy. And I said, God, I command these ministries to come forth. I command them to be established. I command them to be ordained, not by the will of flesh, but by the will of God, because the sons of God do not come forth by the will of flesh, but they come forth by the Spirit of God and the will of God. And he told me back in Genesis 1, when God spoke and he said, let there be light, it was not something that took a long time, but it was immediate. And I prophesy to your eye, I command, let there be light. I prophesy to it. And I tell it to come alive. These dry bones can live. Just as these dry bones can live, that I can live. And I command it in the name of Jesus. By that spirit of prophecy. The spirit that God has turned loose in the earth, is time. And I said now. I said now. Eyeball, I tell you right now. You live As though you were created to live. I tell you right now. I speak to you. You listen. And you come alive. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It's now. The Spirit's been loosed in the earth. It is now. It's now. Don't be afraid or timid of your calling. It's now. You can sit and sob and cry. And beg God to take you into your calling. Or you can do it you got to do it. you got to do it. God told me, show me people just sitting there weeping and crying because they're not in their calling. Get over it. Get in it. Get over it and get in it, brother elders. Get over it. Get in it. It's time. You don't need nobody to lay hands on you. It's time. Don't sit there and weep and cry because you ain't going into your calling because you ain't fulfilling your ministry. Get over it. Get in it. He's called you. He's ordained you. It's time. No more excuses. He'll move your candlestick if you don't get in it. You can take that as the word of the Lord. He'll move your candlestick if you don't get in it. And I'm speaking to you right now, brother elders. Get in it. Get in it. It's time. No more excuses. No more excuses. And that goes to a lot of people. The Lord dealt with me specifically, but it goes for a lot of people. Don't. It's time. Don't make any more excuses. You can weep and sob and cry. Just do it. That's what the Lord told, or Mary told Jesus, or the people that had to fill the wine pots. Just whatever He says, just do it. Just do it. You might not get it right. Doesn't matter. Just do it. So that's it. I'm telling you, do it. This is the day. This is the day. That spirit of prophecy. This is the day in which that scripture in Ezekiel 37 is being fulfilled. I'm telling you, the vision you saw, I guess, in 1984, 88, when you saw the dry bones, this is it. It's coming together. This is the day in which that scripture is being fulfilled. Because once the ministries get in place, the body comes together. Once the ministry's get in place, the body comes together. The ministry's been set in, set in motion. You can mark it down. July 22nd, 2018, ministries set in order. Spirit of the Son of Man has been set loose. And those the ministries that God has ordained for the church are coming forth right now. They're coming forth right now. They're coming forth right now. Y'all don't worry about that eye. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. That spirit of prophecy, I'm not telling you when, I don't know, but I'm telling you that spirit of prophecy is real. God's going to bear witness to it. God's going to bear witness to it. He's going to bear witness to it. Ain't gonna be something you got to fight for. It ain't gonna be something you got to rebuke the devil off of. I'm telling you, when God speaks, it happens. So you just believe it and go on. Don't worry about it. God's gonna do it. God's gonna do it. Who wants this thing? (laughs) It's loaded. Yeah, it's loaded.
0: Anybody else before we change order of service? Brother Michael, come here. It's good. It's good. That's good.
2: Thank you,
0: Lord. Brother Andy, that call's there. That call's there. I'm telling you, you better find you. Better find you a place. Get under leadership. You got to call, you better get under leadership somewhere. Because you ain't, gonna, you ain't gonna make it on your own. That ain't the way God set up the body. God set up leadership. You gotta you gotta be taught, you gotta learn. Amen. You gotta learn. And you can't do it on just one ministry. You don't say what you want to. But this church is set under the fivefold ministry. It's set under it. And God, what you need, the Lord, to do? You what? Okay. Raise your hands. He's a holy God. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's just God all by Himself. He don't need no help. He don't need no help. In the name that's above every name. You go down through her, Lord, right now. Lord, she have been under a lot of pressure for months. I speak peace and calm in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I tell you, I appreciate the way God's moved today. Anybody else you need prayer? If you do, come on. Before I change the order of the service. It's been good to be here. These and, and brother Michael, I really think maybe every three or four months, I may come in like this, two or three days. I just feel like it'd be good for you and sister Patty, and good for the people. Bring a strength to y'all. Bring a strength to the church. And you folks in L.J. better get ready because I'm not staying in L.J. like I did here. Lord done told me I'm called to be an apostle. He said I've chosen you to plant many churches. So just like y'all had to step in there two months, but get ready to step in. Cause Lord spoke to me first of October. And I done talked to a pastor. I said first of October, the Lord told me be at your church, be there for a week's revival, stay open for another week, and I'm fixing to get back in touch with them, telling them you better let me know quick if you don't want it. I'm gonna pray for God to send me somewhere else. I said, God told me to fix me an act of God. I'll come back to Fort Payne. have an act of God here if God will let me. But God's gone. God is now visiting the hungry. Amen. And every time I come in here, I make this statement. The Lord told me there's some people here you can stand with me once a month. And as yet, Nobody in the Fort Payne church has made a commitment to stand with me. And somebody's missing you blessing. I'm not asking I'm just asking you to do what you can. Everybody can do a dollar a day. That don't be $30 a month. For the minute, I can't do that. You can stop at your McDonald's. We spend enough on our flesh and what our flesh wants to do. We could support the gospel if we will. We really could. But see, I've never begged people. And I'm not going to beg people. Because I'm not a beggar, I'm a laborer. God makes Himself real. Amen. But, Christopher, come here, son. I am going to do this. I'm going to let him tell y'all he's fixing to go to Uganda, so tell them if they want to help you what to do. Uh,
2: So at this point, uh, going to Uganda on September 1st, we'll return on the 11th or the 12th. Uh, Be going with a group from the church where we're at right now, uh, five other people. And uh, right now we've got all the money that the church needed for the trip, but I do have personal expenses. Uh, we'll have to get luggage and clothes and different things like that because, um, one, I don't have the luggage to do it. <laughs> but then for the clothes, uh, there's a certain type of clothes that we'll have to have to wear, um, and so I just not, I don't I don't know if I've got the money for those expenses. Uh, people have given to that specifically, but if you want to do anything to help with that, uh, it would be appreciated. You can just give. You can either write a check to me or cash to me, whichever you want to do. It's, it's however you feel. Uh, like I said, we have had people contribute to those expenses. Uh, I don't know how much it's going to take. Uh, but I guarantee you if it does not go towards that, it will be going towards missions somewhere else. Uh, so it won't be used just for personal, personal use if we don't use it all. So uh, it's up to you. y'all. You know, write a check to me or give me cash.
0: And if you can't do it now, you get his name and address. And you help him. Because there'll come a day some of y'all will be going. You know, that's what the Lord told me years ago. I was in a meeting and I went up and gave an offering. And I walked back to my seat and the Lord told me. I stand there and the man said, Now look, I don't touch these offerings. He said, I need y'all help me with my personal expense. And the Lord started dealing with me go help him. I said, well, Lord, I took an offering up there. He said, you didn't do one thing to help meet that man's personal needs. He said, you're going to be out there one of these days. And you're going to need folks to help you. He said, so get up there and sow some seed. I went back up there and gave him an offering. The Lord told me to sow some seed. And it wasn't very long I was out there on the field. So I'm going to turn this to Brother Michael, and I will. Uh, if you all got tithing offerings, be sure you get them to Lisa anybody from the LJ church you got tied offer to be sure you get them to Lisa but I'm going to turn it to brother Michael but I know there's folks here the lord's dealt with you stem me once a month I know they have so it's up to you whether you do it or not but I appreciate the Lord I appreciate brother Michael and sister patty for stepping in here and fighting for this church and fighting to take care of y'all please get behind them there ain't no reason this church should be empty on Wednesday night. If if you ain't working or got obligations that you got to take care of, and you're a member of this church, y'all be here praying on Wednesday night. Y'all be. And thank y'all so much for making a commitment, for making a commitment to stand with this church and, and fight for it. It'll bring a blessing. And I know Jason's associated or and has been up with Celebrate Recovery and he works with people on drugs and, and there's another lady that visited here. Uh, Lisa's worked with her in the past and I believe if she knows y'all are here and are laboring with it, I believe she'll come in and be a part of this church and labor with it too. I really do. And y'all can talk about that church, but I'm going to turn this to Brother Michael and all I'm asking you, if you can help us, help us, because we're out there on the field. We don't have any income. And I will not go preach for money. I will not. I could I could be somewhere every weekend or every week preaching. But I won't do it unless God orders my steps. I'm not going to go preach for money. I'm not a hireling. God ordered my steps here. As far as I know, I won't go anywhere till the 1st of October unless God speaks to me except our church in L.A.J., and what the people do in L.J. covers the church expenses. I hadn't drawn anything out of the church as far as personal expense in over a year. It's been different people sending me offerings in the mail that's helped sustain our personal needs uh, for probably over a year now. And it ain't easy, believe God, for a mortgage, a car payment, a light bill, an insurance. It ain't easy. But the Lord's teaching us to trust Him. Amen. The Lord's teaching us to trust Him. And that's a big step of faith. So, Brother Metter, you you go out Yeah, I could, but I ain't going to. Because the Lord told me not to. He told me to give myself continually the prayer and ministry of the Word. Amen. Y'all love the Lord. Have you enjoyed this service? Have you enjoyed this meeting?
1: Give the Lord a good clap offering. Hallelujah. Do you love the Lord? You appreciate the Servant of the Lord, I just appreciate Pastor. Hallelujah. I just love him and appreciate his ministry. Where would I, where would we be? In the Lord, you know. Hallelujah. You got tithes, you offer offers for the church. Bring them up here and put them in the church. You got something for Pastor and missions. And like I said, you pray about helping, if you're going to help Brother Christopher, you know, Put it in His hand later. Hallelujah. I just love the Lord. Appreciate God for this service. Thank you, Lord. Appreciate the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's just be alright we just stretch our hands towards you, Pastor, and pray for you. Yes, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, strengthen Him. God, He's put out, Lord, for you. Lord, right now, God, all this has been going on in his, his body, Lord. You strengthen Him. God, You do that work, God. Right now, You restore His strength, Lord. Restore His strength, Lord. You straighten it out, Lord, right now, Lord. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, we call it done in Jesus' name hallelujah thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Jesus everybody obeyed the Lord hallelujah thank you Lord I just appreciate him I believe it or not I'm still kind of